Hello, and welcome to the Astrology Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Diana, and today we're going to be talking about Pluto signs. I think this is the last in the series of planetary signs, and then I'll be getting into different things. I know I did a, a short poll on Instagram asking you guys what you would rather see, and um, it was pretty close, but I believe Midheaven signs won slightly, and then after that I'll probably do the episode on why astrology is important and how it can improve your life. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for those I have not forgotten. I just already had a complete backlog of <laughs> things I wanted to finish before I went into doing those. Um, I want to offer a special thanks to my patrons who help make these episodes possible. And it really, really helps me out. I really appreciate it so much. And I really enjoy actually creating content over there. Um, I do a monthly astrology forecast so you kind of know what to expect um, and I even offer up themes which I hope helps inform people's witchcraft if they do any uh, spells or rituals during the month uh, as well as new moon full moon and then if there's any sabbaths happening during that time uh, I also try to do seasonal path workings so that uh, you know you can do some spiritual meditation during the Sabbath. Uh, and, you know, I think I might do some other general path workings when I have a couple more patrons so I can get more feedback. But for now, uh, doing those has been really fun as well. So if you feel inclined to support me, then I would love to see you over there on my Patreon. You gain access to tons of exclusive magical and astrological content, such as I've already mentioned. Um, and whether you do or you don't, I appreciate you all. Uh, if you do, though, want to support me on Patreon, all you have to do is search for the Astrology Witch Podcast, and then it comes up. And uh, I also have tons of stuff that you gain access to, like just instant downloads. So that's pretty cool, too. Oh, and early access to episodes with no ads. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this episode all about Pluto. Okay, so first I wanted to talk about the mythology of Pluto. It's actually very interesting. So Pluto evoked such fear among the ancient Romans that people were afraid to even say his name. Uh, he's known as the judge of the dead, and Pluto was considered also a god of wealth, the lord of all the metals and rich minerals that lie beneath the ground, agriculture, and of course the lord of the underworld. His name, Pluto, derives from the Latinized form of the Greek name Pluton, which literally means wealth, and was considered a lighter aspect of the rule of the ruler of the underworld than Hades. For some reason, Hades has even darker <laughs> connotations attached to himself. Uh, however, Pluto was previously referred to as Dispater, uh, or Pater, I don't know, um, which means the father of gods. Uh, though he's probably best known as the ruler of the underworld and the Roman counterpart of the Greek god Hades. When Romans conquered Greece, the gods Hades and Pluto were basically combined, and they also replaced Dispater as the god of wealth, the dead, and agriculture. So the main stories that Pluto is associated with, basically Pluto lived in a palace in the underworld where he claimed the dead souls and presided over the afterlife. Occasionally, he emerges to visit Earth or meet with other gods. However, he's most noted in the abduction of Ceres. 
uh, daughter, Proserpina. <laughs> so Ceres, Greek name Demeter, and daughter Proserpina, Greek name Persephone. Just as in the Persephone myth, uh, version of this myth, Pluto becomes enchanted with Proserpina's beauty, kidnaps her, and takes her with him to the underworld. Of course, distraught at her daughter's disappearance, Ceres strikes the earth barren as she searches for her daughter. And Mercury, messenger of the gods, negotiates with Pluto and gets him to agree that if Proserpina marries him and lives as queen of the underworld for six months of the year, then in spring she can return to earth for six months to be with her mother, Ceres. So Pluto's de typically depicted in other myths holding a key and scepter. Uh, sorry, not in other myths. Generally, he's depicted holding a key and scepter, um, which he uses to guard the dead and protect his kingdom. And he has a much more positive connotation, as I said, than the earlier Greek god of the underworld, Hades, who's known as this like dark and violent abductor of Persephone. Uh, and Hades also later became synonymous with the name of the underworld itself. So Hades was not only the god, uh, but also just the name of the underworld and had like a scarier association with it. Um, it's unclear as to whether Pluto or Pluton, as he was called in Greek culture, uh, and Hades are one and the same in different aspects of distinct, or, or if they're distinct figures in and of themselves, because this is totally possible. And there are plenty of cases made in either direction. We just really don't know. Um, but, you know, historians will make cases in either direction. Okay, so Pluto in astrology. So the ninth planet in our solar system, now considered a dwarf planet, is named for the Roman god Pluto, and it was actually discovered in 1930. There was originally actually a contest held to name the planet, and the granddaughter of the man who won this contest suggested to her grandfather that they name the planet Pluto, and astronomers unanimously agreed with this, and hence why the ninth planet is named Pluto. So there are several moons of Pluto associated with the god. So it's kind of interesting how they gave all of the moons of the planet, the dwarf planet Pluto, uh, kind of uh, underworld associations as well. Charon is the first moon, which is also the name of the fairy, fairy man who takes the souls of the dead to the underworld. And other moons were later named, such as Nyx, who's you know a goddess in her own right. Uh, underworld guardians Hydra and Cerberus and sticks after the river passage into the underworld. In astrology, Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio. Um, in traditional astrology, Scorpio is ruled by Mars. So this is in tropical Western modern astrology and it's important to note that. The energies of Pluto are transformative and represent subconscious forces. They rule everything below the surface and have been associated with renewal, rebirth, endings and new beginnings, spiritual growth, the obsessive desires for power and control, and even destruction. The position of Pluto in a person's chart is typically shared with other people in the same generation. I mean, it, it's the one of the outer planets, so it's slower moving. You know, Pluto moves quite slow as it's the outermost planet in the sky. And the position of Pluto in the houses will note where a person searches for deeper truth and meaning, and which area of life is associated with change, transformation, upheaval, power struggles, and issues with control. <laughs> uh, 
Other planets in aspect with Pluto in the chart will influence these energies and with the need for deeper meaning or the power struggles uh, or maybe a compelling desire to explore and investigate and more or less obsessive qualities, especially if it's in a harsher aspect. Pluto placement is where we desire change and transformation or where we have it thrust upon us if we refuse to accept our deepest needs and desires. When Pluto's energies are feared, aka our dark side, destruction towards ourselves or others is often an unpleasant side effect. <laughs> so Pluto rules the secrets in our lives and can bring radical changes when those secrets are revealed. Pluto also deals with things we hold on to in life, which we need to let go of. It's like those things that we just kind of cling to, uh, but no, ultimately we need to let die. <laughs> Hence Pluto, the god of the underworld, creeping in to help us do that. It rules over past pains and regrets in life, but also self-empowerment and our deep inner power to transform ourselves and our lives and our power to evolve and grow. In many other myths where Pluto is featured, he often appears as the possessor of magical quest objects, which aligns with the plunging the inner depths of oneself to uncover the riches within. So often in these myths where he's the possessor of these magical quest objects, often that character in that myth, the hero is, you know, using these quest, quest objects to ultimately plunge the inner depths of their self and uncover some, you know, secret or inner uh, power or riches. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and go through all the signs. So we're going to start with Pluto in Aries. Okay, so Pluto in Aries generation dates all the way back between the years of 1822 to 1853 and will not return back to Aries until 2068. So I'm pretty sure that nobody alive has this placement. <laughs> As I said, Pluto are generational placements. So some famous people who had Pluto in Aries included Jules Verne, Alexander Graham Bell, John D. Rockefeller, and Thomas Edison. Those with Pluto and Aries are quick to take action in advantageous, advantageous situations and they go after what they want with the impulsivity of an Aries. If they don't get what they want quickly, they often go look elsewhere and basically give up on that thing because they have that impulsive need to just try and get what they want and then if it doesn't happen, they're just kind of like impulsively switch tack. As with any Aries placement, patience is just not really a strong suit. One lesson these people need to learn is that rash, impulsive decisions are not always the best. Pluto and Aries people are optimistic, however, and they achieve great things through their use of willpower and intuition. They're formidable in their ability to switch gears quickly if one thing does not work out and try something new. So they're not really um, dissuaded by things not working out they just move and switch gears and find something that does work so it's pretty honestly admirable <laughs> admirable in this way their success in life pretty much seems inevitable because they just keep switching gears until they find something that works they often rebel against societal norms and crave freedom and independence in all areas of life okay let's move on to pluto in taurus Pluto and Taurus generation was in the years of 1853 to 1884, and it's not going to return there until 2098. So again, another generation that probably nobody alive has. 
Those born with displacement, though, included people like Henry Ford, Theodore Roosevelt, Albert Einstein, and Winston Churchill. A lot of formidable people. Those with Pluto and Taurus are, no surprise here, (laughs) highly stubborn, resilient, and determined. They're great at handling resources and tend to be a bit materialistic, you know, Taurus, as you do. They usually forge ahead whatever, toward whatever they want in order to attain both goals and possessions. However, they can be like workaholics, you know, they just keep plodding along and finding the next thing and attaining more possessions. And for this reason, they may need to learn to take time off for the more priceless and non-materialistic pursuits as well. These people tend to look at life with a kind of rigid, unchanging perspective, (laughs) and they enjoy order and changelessness in life. They plot along, slow and steady in life, and often excel in long-term goals, both personally and financially, so say what you will about them, but they get shit done. Okay, Pluto and Gemini. Pluto and Gemini generation was in the years of 1882 to 1914. Man, if someone, I think maybe there's like a couple people that are alive from this generation, but they must be really getting up there in age. And, you know, I applaud them if they're still hanging on. Uh, But it won't return back to Pluto and Gemini until 2132. So holy shit. Those born with this placement include J.R. Tolkien, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and Ernest Hemingway. A lot of writers, of course, with a Gemini placement. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Pluto and Gemini people have a thirst and curiosity for knowledge, as you do. They often have great ideas, and their versatile intellect serves them well in life. Some of them, however, may deal with like scattered thoughts and a lack of focus, which can lead to difficulties with you know any Gemini placement. There needs to be a honing down on topics or interests or goals, and then you know focusing on just one to three things. Otherwise, you just never get anything done. They may also suffer in relationships as their curiosity may get the better of them. So they can be a little bit of a, maybe a womanizer or player, if you will. Um, However, those with this Pluto and Gemini placement have a keen ability to bring about technological and innovative changes, especially in the areas of communication. And we see that here with J.R. Tolkien, Ernest Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, like all of them have written very classic pieces uh, of you know, written word. They often possess an affinity for grasping the true meaning of life, both causes and effects. Uh, Of course, they can be a bit flighty and flaky, but their ideas are definitely revolutionary and unique. Okay, moving on to Pluto and Cancer. Pluto and Cancer generation was born between 1914 to 1939. Finally, some people who are probably, hopefully, still alive in this generation that exist, which is pretty cool. Um, those born with this placement include Neil Armstrong, JFK, and Martin Luther King. Pluto and Cancer people gain power through their strong intuition, sensitivity, and emotional nature. They're great friends and nurturing parents. There will be a need to learn to control their emotions, however, and keep their hypersensitivity in check so that they don't unintentionally sabotage relationships. And this is a thing you see with cancer is that they are very sensitive. They have great intuition, but if they hone too hard in on that sensitivity, they can sort of start seeing things that just really aren't there. Uh, As I like to say, you know, for some cancer placements, they go looking for meaning and thinking that there's 
that people are really as deep as they are and they just really aren't. So there will be a need to learn to control these emotions, you know, so they're not reading too deeply into things that just really aren't there. However, they deeply value relationships and resources and they bring lots of security for them uh, where, whether they're getting that, you know, those resources themselves or someone else is sort of giving them that sense of security. And these people are often very traditional and they stick to their familial customs and conventions usually. And Pluto and Cancer may experience many ups and downs in life, which will test their sense of security and comfort. And that's a theme with Pluto is it kind of tests your sense of whatever that placement is. So if you have Cancer, Cancer is always seeking security and comfort. So it's testing that and kind of pushing that. You know, and for Pluto and Gemini, as we previously discussed, Pluto and Gemini, Gemini is testing those need for connection, the need for knowledge, you know, and the power of focus, honestly. Uh, so Pluto and Cancer, you know, they're being tested for their sense of security, their need for comfort. They may have nervous or emotional or psychological disorders, even in extreme cases with harsh aspects as well. So that's definitely something to look out for. Okay, so moving on to Pluto and Leo generation. Pluto and Leo generation was born between 1937 to 1958. And those born with this placement include some mad heavy hitters, Bill Gates, Elton John, Steve Jobs, Prince, Oprah Winfrey, Meryl Streep, and Bruce Lee. Pluto and Leo people crave recognition, of course, it's a Leo placement, leadership, and the limelight. Are you surprised? They enjoy challenges which help them grow and are suitable for positions of power as they naturally possess those strong leadership skills and lead teams quite well, as you do if you're strong in Leo placements. <laughs> At the same time, they may struggle with their constant need for appreciation and validation. Ego shows up in these people as a negative trait most of the time. They really struggle with that need for attention and validation and the need to sort of be on top. They may be a little too concerned with attaining powerful positions and luxury statuses. The problem is often self-obsession. Unless other positive aspects can temper these energies, then they're very very self-absorbed in the worst case scenario and best case scenario um you know they have just enough balancing them out so that they're not complete egomaniacs pluto and leo have a great interest in creative work such as performing arts drama entertainment speculative gambling or sports and they're known for their extravagance in life because leo of course loves those luxury goods and to really enjoy life, you know, as you do when you're, uh, you know, Leo or Taurus, love your nice stuff. That said, these people have great sense of determination and hard work mentality, so they're definitely willing to put in the work to reach the heights of success that they crave. All right, moving on to Pluto and Virgo. Pluto and Virgo generation was born between 1956 to 1972. Those born with this placement include Julia Roberts, Michael Jackson, Princess Diana, and George Clooney. Pluto and Virgo manifest people who are often obsessed with their work, skills, or interests. They have exceptional analytical, perceptive, and observational skills, which they employ to great effect. Their organizational skills are fantastic. 
like they might be attracted to health related fields of work and others may be afflicted with compulsive disorders which are related to health and hygiene they can be like hypochondriacs or just like kind of have those like nervous anxiety panic disorders sometimes because of their overthinking and tendency to be a little paranoid when it comes to areas of health uh, many don't like the spotlight they prefer to work quietly behind the scenes unless they have an interest in something like the performing arts or something that requires them to take the spotlight they're often very critical of themselves and of others there may also be an interest in science and technology uh, because it satisfies their highly detail-oriented mind and they are so good at you know analyzing and observing and organizing all of these details and all of this information they can just pull stuff in you know they're ruled by mercury um, so they have that skill naturally and if they're exceptionally well at using these skills then you know science uh, technology and even medicine can definitely be areas of excellence for these people Pluto and Virgo people can be hung up on obtaining security in life and help for themselves and their loved ones almost to their own detriment like they might go to such an extent to overwork or you know be like too caught up with health to the point that they're like uh, I don't, I don't want to call like what do you call them like health nuts uh, but to the extent that they're like, you know, exhausted and still working out like eight, eight days a week, <laughs> seven days a week, they would do well and be fulfilled pursuing social and charitable works because Virgo placements love to help others and be of service and they really thrive in those positions. Okay, so Pluto in Libra. Pluto in Libra generation was born between 1971 to 1984. Those born with this placement include Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, Ben Affleck, Beyonce Knowles, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Shakira, and Nicki Minaj. Pluto and Libra people have the tendency to be a little bit compulsive. <laughs> They're hard workers and they give their all to help themselves and their loved ones. However, they are often impulsive and make really hasty decisions at times. I was going to say bad decisions, but you know, that's not always the case, but they can be definitely impulsive. They tend to be quite conservative, however, when it comes to their relationships and unions. So they really, you know, either stick to their traditions or stick with, <laughs> you know, long-term relationship, what they know is going to work for them. Pluto and Libra people aim to attain harmony in life for themselves and those around them by all means. Like, they're a little extreme about keeping the peace. And this is where you see, like, extreme people pleasers just don't want to deal with conflict don't want to deal with upsetting the harmony that they work so hard for <laughs> they are justice and equity seeking folks of course you know very fair-minded in libra they don't like conflict they often have a fondness for the arts in all forms because it's a venus placement and they have a gift for compromise and mediation, which does make them ideal lawyers judges and mediators so you know if you have pluto and libra working in the justice system and government and counseling are all great ideas okay so pluto and scorpio not to say i'm biased but this is my generation so i'm a little biased pluto in scorpio generation was born between 1735 to 1747 and again in 1983 to 1995 so this is the millennial token millennials 
Those born with displacement include Thomas Jefferson, Avril Lavigne, Rihanna, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Drake, Mark Zuckerberg, and Bruno Mars. Pluto and Scorpio people are very intense. They're sensitive and often let their emotions get the best of them. If you Google like Pluto and Scorpio generation, you always get this like emo goth <laughs> persona, which I feel like definitely defined the early 2000s, like later millennials, uh, rather than like the Gen X millennials. <laughs> but even they had like a grunge era, okay, grunge goth era. So I guess, you know, we're all a little dark. They are adept at sensing the emotions of others. They have a fondness for secrets and investigating unexplored mysteries and secrets. These people are attracted to un unconventional ideas and anything that's considered taboo or mysterious like sex, death, the occult, and conspiracy theories, which honestly is a massive theme for anyone in my generation. Pluto and Scorpio folks may experience negative thoughts often in life, but if they can avoid getting consumed by them and stay positive, they can really accomplish great things, especially because they have the mental fortitude and resilience to do so. Scorpio is such a strong sign and to have Pluto in Scorpio, which is naturally ruled by Pluto, uh, you know, if you can overcome the darkness of it, you can really just achieve great heights. Some can have a tendency, however, to be very manipulative while others work toward improving the world in small ways. So. You know, you want to lean toward helping the world become better and also um, not manipulating others because you have that emotional sensitivity and understanding, you know, don't use that for evil. However, whatever form these people take, they often rebel against societal norms and have a great capacity to heal others. Okay, Pluto and Sagittarius. Pluto and Sagittarius generation was born between 1745 to 1762, and again between 1995 to 2008. Those born with displacement include Mozart, Billie Eilish, Marie Antoinette, Zendaya, Megan Thee Stallion, Nostradamus, and Lord. I really wanted to include Nostradamus because I was like, yo, the guy with all the predictions. <laughs> Um, Pluto and Sagittarius people really enjoy their freedom and independence. They have a strong sense of adventure and they love to explore, travel the world if they can, and gain lots of new experiences. You know, Sagittarius is that visionary and they just want to soak up the entire experience that is existing. And these people are likely to question traditional customs and have their own sense of spirituality and religion. You know, Sagittarius rules higher learning as well. They thrive in education, research, and understanding different places, people, and cultures, especially like foreign countries, foreign languages. They might even be gifted in learning languages. Pluto and Sagittarius natives are often thrill seekers. They're bold, courageous, and they face challenges head on. These people are pretty ballsy. They're often optimistic and dive headfirst into opportunities. Uh, that said, some can be a bit impulsive and this can lead to some troubles. When challenged, they have a tendency to be a bit zealous, so a balanced, open mind is necessary to avoid becoming too extreme, especially in the areas of belief and religion, but really anything, like any thought that is too uh, extreme, they can be like really like come off as extreme crazy zealots if someone like challenges what they believe or what they think about something so if you have this placement just that's something to keep in mind not to come off as like a total crazy person about 
what you believe. Sagittarius, I think the problem isn't necessarily that they're not open to other ways of thinking. It's either one of two things. The first thing being that they can come off as know-it-alls because they're very sure that they're correct and right and that their truth is the truth. Or that uh, they're so passionate about what they believe that they can come off overly passionate and kind of freak people out unintentionally. (laughs) Okay, Pluto in Capricorn. Pluto in Capricorn generation was born between 1762 to 1778, and also presently between 2008, and it will last here in Capricorn until the year of 2024. So Pluto's in Capricorn right now, uh, which is kind of interesting. So we've got about, what, three, two, three, two-ish more years of Pluto and Capricorn before we move on to Aquarius. Uh, so those born with this placement include Napoleon and John Quincy Adams. I don't have that many because most of the people with this placement are still pretty young. And honestly, I'm not keeping up with like the natal charts of TikTokers, but I imagine if I was that they would fall in this category, maybe. But what, they've got to be like 13 at most? <laughs> yeah, let me know if there are any like famous 13-year-old TikTokers that like have this placement. That'd be fascinating to learn about. Or if you have it and you're a 13 year old listening to my podcast, that would be interesting too. <laughs> Anyhow, Pluto and Capricorn natives are very cautious and deliberate in life, as you do when you have a Capricorn placement. They take calculated, slow steps toward their goals and are both ambitious and patient when it, which you know really pays off for them because they understand how to kind of plod along, kind of like Pluto and Taurus, right? Like those earthy signs. They're just really capable of just doing step by step and really achieving great things. These people are reliable and organized, even in the midst of utter chaos. And However, they might be a little bit controlling to others as they adhere to strict rules and wish others to do the same. So, you know, that like government aspect of Capricorn being like the ruler of structures and limitations, like that really comes into play here. Um, as Pluto, you know, rules over obsession. So Pluto and Capricorn make great politicians. They would do well in politics and government as they excel at creating those rules we were talking about, new rules and systems, or even starting revolutions, honestly. They may also affect things such as the technological revolution and are quite practical in their approach. So that's really interesting to think about the young teens in this generation now um, or could possibly affect the future of technology and even, you know, creating practical solutions, which is really cool when you think about, like, I don't know, the things we're facing now, like climate change. Like, young people, please come up with some solutions. I would love it. <laughs> okay, so Pluto and Aquarius. Pluto and Aquarius generation was born between 1778 to 1798. And it will be there again in 2024, until the year 2044, which is wild to think about. (laughs) I feel like we're really in future times. And those born with this placement include Lord Byron, Jane Grey, and Thomas More. These are like people who wrote about like poetry and, you know, Thomas More, you may not know if you're quite young or if you don't read a lot, but Thomas More wrote this book called Utopia, which portrayed this like perfect paradise. You got to read it. It's amazing. Uh, Pluto and Aquarius natives can sometimes be a little erratic in life. They're rebellious and have their own unique ideas, you know, because it's in Aquarius. 
They prefer not to conform to the conventions of the world and instead rebel against established societal norms and rules. These people just have their own ideas about religion and they stray from conventional thoughts. Like They just want to do things their own way because that's an Aquarius placement in a nutshell. Pluto and Aquarius people have the capacity to bring major changes, especially to society and humanity at large. So they have a great capacity. Like imagine someone born in 2024 can really just do something to just change the freedom and autonomy of people at large. It's really impressive. They're often concerned with personal and universal freedom and equity. Um, their downfall really is that they tend to be know-it-alls and can sometimes be a little bit insufferable to others. So, you know, that's something to watch for. And finally, we have Pluto and Pisces. Pluto and Pisces generation was born between 1797 to 1823 and will again be in Pisces in 2044 until the year 2068. Man, this really feels like future times. <laughs> These are like years that I just, I don't want to say I never thought I would see them, but being a young person in the 90s, like 2068 sounded like some flying car shit to me. <laughs> and those born with this placement include Abraham Lincoln, Galileo, Charles Darwin, and Florence Nightingale. Um, Pluto and Pisces natives are highly emotional and sensitive. They're concerned with helping others and can have the tendency toward martyrdom if they're not careful. They may lead secretive or manipulative lives at times or otherwise escape into fantasy and fail to face reality. And that's honestly the pitfalls of any Pisces placement is that they can fall into this like obsession with escapism or fantasy uh, or just be idealistic about people to the extent that they don't really see them for who they are. Those with Pluto and Pisces may struggle with addictions of all kinds. This is another pitfall, pitfall of Pisces is the addict archetype, if you will. I'm not saying all Pisces are addicts, but uh, you know, it's that obsession with escapism that can lead to substance abuse. These people are often very artistically talented, though, and can inspire everyone around them, especially through the art and music that they create, if they create art and music. Um, they excel in spirituality and social or charitable works as well, and their sympathetic approach and high level of compassion help them serve those who are down and out, and some may be found to be highly psychic and attracted to occult sciences, which is really interesting to think about because, you know, some people born in the late 1700s, early 1800s might have even affected like the secret society generation. Like if you really think about this time period, okay, I'm getting away with myself, but uh, that's just where my brain goes. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so those are the signs, you know, for Pluto. And it's really fascinating. I kind of wanted to keep this episode just a little bit short, just because because Pluto is a generational placement, there are only a few that are really relevant for the people alive currently. Some of these placements just, they're not a generation of people that are currently living and breathing on this planet. But, you know, for posterity's sake, and if in the future my podcast is still available for listeners when I'm long dead <laughs> or, or old as shit in fucking 2068, then, uh, you know, super cool that you can listen to me in the past and time travel like that. All right. So magical workings that you could do with Pluto. And these are 
you know, complicated or as simple as you want to make them. Magical workings for transformation and change. That's super big undertaking in my opinion. Transformation and change are not easy things to do magically or otherwise, right? Whether you're working on weight loss or just trying to like break a bad habit or change yourself, you know, on any level really. But man, you could really employ Pluto for some help. Spells to reveal truth and secrets, deep meaning and insights. Just because Pluto is uncovering the depths, you know, it's the underground, the underworld, the spirit world, you know, so using those energies in your spell work would be a great way to see truth or even get truth from other people. I mean, I don't, not really about doing spells on other people, but if you wanted to, man, you could really employ Pluto. You could do rituals involving the dead or shadow work, uh, especially Pluto with things concerning, you know, power struggles, your obsession with power, your obsession with status or control. Those definitely play in here. Magical workings with money and wealth. You know, Pluto rules with uh, witches, wealth and riches <laughs> and also, you know, all the metals. So if you work with, I don't know, metalworking or metal smithing or making diamonds or stones or gemstones, that would be an interesting way to work with Pluto. You could also work with Pluto to release obsessions, compulsions, or cope with disorders. Not to say that this is going to replace medicine because I don't advocate for that at all, um, but to aid mental and physical wellness alongside conventional methods of therapy and treatment and, uh, you know, including medicine. Uh, if you're already doing those things, then this is a great spiritual way to, you know, work alongside those in tandem, not as a replacement. Okay, disclaimer over. And finally, uh, rituals to release obsessive needs for power or control, which are themes with Pluto. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you. And I, you know, I did want to keep this short because honestly, again, <laughs> Pluto's generational and only a couple of these will be relevant for anyone possibly listening. Unless, like I said, you're listening in the future, in which case we're all weirdly time traveling here. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this short but sweet episode on Pluto and through the signs and learned a little bit more about the mythology and kind of why we associate Pluto with what we associate Pluto with. And hopefully it helps you to have a greater understanding of this placement and the energies associated with it and a greater understanding of yourself um, as this can be, you know, quite a difficult placement for some people or maybe not. Maybe it's a position of power for you and that's even more awesome. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please let me know. Um, I'm on social media at Astro W Podcast on Twitter or at Astrology Witch Podcast on Instagram. I also have a Facebook page, which is the Astrology Witch Podcast uh, page, where I share like fun memes and also like new moon lunations and full moon lunations and talk about the energies, which is pretty fun. And um, yeah, I would love to hear from you. So definitely hit me up and let me know your thoughts. Uh, also, I do chart readings. So if you want a chart reading, I do them. DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, not so much on Twitter. Honestly, I'm not active as much on there, but 
Instagram and Facebook, I will hit you up back if you want a reading. And I can do them through voice messages or whatever uh, for your convenient listening and answer any questions you may have. So if you're interested in that, definitely hit me up. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it so, so much. You know, your guys' support means a lot to me. And I really appreciate all the messages I get from everyone saying which episodes they really enjoyed or like hit for them or help them understand their chart better. That means a lot to me. Um, And I hope you guys are doing well. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.